Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 1st of February, 2023. And on today's show, three big takeaways from the release of the 2023 Big 12 football schedule. Also, we'll touch on a big night in Big 12 hoops with Kansas taking down Kansas State, evening their season series at 1A piece. Are the Jayhawks back? And some thoughts from that game. But more breakdown of that Big 12 football schedule coming up right now. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today brought to you all by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America, and the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, Not in my normal setting today. I am downstairs in my home looking after uh, little Bowie, who is our dog, He's got a cough right now, so he cannot go to daycare. I'm sitting watching him uh, watch out the window looking for birds and whatnot. But back to normal setting right now. We've got the old Yeti mic set up, but if the sound sounds more hollow today, it's because it is. I'm in a larger room. We're back to our normal setting tomorrow, but for right now, enjoy my uh, my living area space downstairs. So make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at JoshNeighbors underscore. Please subscribe to the channel. Uh, we got over 3,200 subscribers, which was our goal by the end, I think we did, uh, by the end of February or January. Uh, please help us hit that next goal of, oh yeah, 3,208 3, right now. So the goal, 3,300 by the end of February. Please do that. Please subscribe. Let your friends know all of those things. So we're one day removed from the release of the Big 12 football schedule. We reacted to it live yesterday, kind of going through everybody's schedule and I've had some time to think about it, and I've got a few takeaways, um, just some general stuff. And I think that Brett Yormark, you know, they there wasn't some big rollout. They didn't go to, like, New York City and do this, you know, New York media blitz or whatever. Um, and there was so much talk about when's it coming, when's it coming. I think they picked a good time. I know today is signing day, and we'll have some more coverage on that once it's, once it's over because there's really not a whole lot of big-time, you know, prospects to discuss at this point. Um, but I think it's smart they picked the day before. So there really wasn't a whole lot happening besides, you know, the college world, at least besides hoops and the senior bowl. It's like there's stuff going on, but it's not really college football related. Right. And it's also a day removed from the AFC and NFC championship games happening. So, you know, that kind of the initial reaction and the talk is dissipated. I mean, so much so that we saw Travis Kelsey at the KU Kansas state game last night, which also generated some buzz. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was like, I think it was pretty good timing. I think we were all ready for it. Everybody was fired up for it. Everybody could pay attention to it. And so some thoughts. Uh, number one, Oklahoma and Texas did not get screwed on the way out. And on the way out, I mean, it sounds like right now the momentum is heading towards Oklahoma and Texas uh, leaving the Big 12 in 2024, right? Out after 2024, I'd say. As of right now, they're scheduled to leave in 2025, but I don't think most folks believe that's going to be the case. And I think that's especially true because of the fact that I've I've maintained this, that UCLA and USC are headed to the Big Ten uh, after this coming football season. And because we believe that the Big Ten and the SEC are the two big powers, I think ESPN and co. wants their full complement of teams Disney would like the full complement with the SEC, which they have the exclusive rights to. 
uh, start coming up pretty soon here. And also the Big Ten and Fox, you know, they, they have at the same time. So the SEC would like to get those teams all together at the same time. With that, you know, with that in mind, uh, you know, so they can kind of both be on the same page. You'd think that some kind of negotiation will, t- will you know, go down and some kind of deal will be struck. That's the that's the indication that everybody's gotten. Now, we saw yesterday, you know, as of right now, the final Bedlam game is slated to be played in Norman, but it feels like this will be the final year. And so uh, the Big 12 did not schedule it low like it was going to be their final year. Like They didn't make sure that they had the toughest way out possible. And uh, there's a couple ways they did that. Number one, there are no divisions. If the Big 12 wanted to prioritize the not demise of OU in Texas, but to maximize the damage of OU in Texas uh, that could be done to them or even minimize the damage on their front, they could have made two divisions and kept, which would have kept out OU and Texas from together, making the Big 12 championship game next year, which while unlikely, uh, there is a possibility due to the talent level on both of those teams, due to Oklahoma's winning ways. And also, you know, I think a lot of folks will be picking Texas to win the league next year. Say what you want about Texas being back, but because they were eight and four, because they added a lot more, and because their talent relative to the rest of the league is pretty is pretty good, you'd think they might. Uh, Oklahoma, once again, always a very talented team. Bad year last year. We'll see if they can rebound. But we saw TCU go from five and seven all the way up to an undefeated year up until that Big 12 championship game. So that is possible. And I think Oklahoma's got a pretty favorable schedule. Um, So I I think the divisions would have been the best way that makes sure, hey, look, only one team from each division goes to the Big 12 championship game. And with OU and Texas in the same division, it obviously would not have been possible. They did not do that. They, They elected not to go in that direction, which to me is smart. I thought the... Uh, I like the no divisions. I think the fact the Big 12, after screwing themselves the first time around, uh, you know, back in 14, 15, I think it was 14, whatever, whatever year it was, with TCU and Baylor and the one true champion and them not being one true champion, them being co-champions, um, you know, I think the creation of the Big 12 title game helped them out. I like the way that they did the conference. I did not like the fact they did not have a title game. You add that extra title game, it is more money. It is obviously, uh, you know, it is is a television event, and it kind of one more extra game to prove who your who your winner is, um, and you know, not let them get knocked out of the of the Big Twelve champ or out of the college ball playoff with that, uh, you know, situation with that the that format, if you will. And so, as we're seeing other leagues start to come around to that, the Pac twelve, I think the Big Ten will eventually. Uh, I think there's just going to be too much momentum for that to happen, right? I think we're we're tired of seeing, like, I'm at least of watching, and no disrespect to Purdue and Iowa and all those places, they can win those games. But normally it's those uh, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, Lambs heading to the slaughter against Ohio State uh, as of late against Michigan. And so I think that, you know, while we might see a rematch of Ohio State Michigan uh, in the Big Ten championship game, it's better off for the league. And I don't think you're going to get that every single year, obviously. Uh, it's it's tough to do that. Those are two really good teams that we might see it sometimes. But, hey, who's going to say no to another Ohio State-Michigan game? I certainly will not. Also, you know, I think the ACC was heading that way. SEC, we'll see. I've heard, you know, are they going to do pods with a division? Are they going to do no divisions? What are they going to do there? I'm not sure. But, you know, I think um, there have been years with the SEC West was dominant. The SEC East would go, here's nine and three Florida, right? Or, you know, I know there were good Missouri teams, my alma mater, but they were not always the best teams. There was one year that could have made a championship, but 
sometimes you the two best teams could come from the SEC West, right? And you might have a rematch. Or sometimes there's some years where an East and West team are the best two teams, but you kind of make sure that you can get the best two teams. Now, with that in mind, it can sometimes be difficult because, uh, you know, not everybody plays everybody and therein lies the issue. But still, I think the round robin style where you play predominantly everybody or at least everyone you can with a nine-game conference schedule, you know, yeah, you're going to miss four teams, obviously, but still you're going to play everybody as much as you can, as often as you can. And look, somebody's going to get lucky. I'll get to that in a little bit here. But with the actual schedules for these teams, I think they also got a little bit of a break. And I'll tell you guys what I mean right here, sharing my screen so I can show you all uh, on Twitter. So when you go to OU's schedule, uh, notice once again, Arkansas State, SMU at Tulsa, and they have at Cincinnati, which will be a big game. But Cincinnati, guys, is really, you know, it's a program in, in flux right now. Luke Fickle's most successful coach, most successful time in program history. It had a down year for their standards last year. Scott Satterfield's now their coach, and I think he's a good coach. He's sitting was a sitting Power 5 coach from Louisville, but not sure how good they're going to be. Obviously, it'll be a great atmosphere. Then they've got Iowa State at home, and then they've got Red River. And so that is not like – it's a. it could be a difficult stretch. You could say that this middle stretch right here of Cincy – on the road, Iowa State, and then um, uh, and then Texas is challenging, right? And they will they will play one home game from the 16th until you know the 21st. They have another one again, so it's a month where they're at home one time, sure. But you look at that backstretch: UCF at home, KU and Oklahoma State on the road, West Virginia at home. And the tough part is BYU, TCU. So uh, their schedule is divided nicely. There's really no murderer's row stretch of games, right? Um, and I would say a murderer's row, like I think three games constitutes an awfully difficult stretch. You might say Red River, UCF, and and uh, KU is difficult. Okay, sure, but they are coming out. They have a bye week in the middle. You might think UCF at KU and Oklahoma State is difficult. Sure, but they've dominated uh, KU and they've dominated Oklahoma State, and they're going to be playing UCF at home. Well, what about, you know, at Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and BYU? I mean, yeah, maybe it's, it's a little challenging with the two road games, but BYU is not a great team this year, and there's no guarantee that they're going to be a, uh, you know, a really good team uh, this season as well. There's, there's, you know, the next year, I should say. There's no guarantee of that. So I think, you know, yeah, West Virginia at BYU and TCU is tough, but you get two or three of those at home. Um, you know, to, to wrap up the season. And so I would say Oklahoma, like that's a pretty favorable schedule, I would say. And I think it's also safe to say, I know that there's been a lot of, you know, what and moaning on social media about referees and whatnot, but I, I don't buy that kind of stuff. I think the best teams win the games they should. And I, I, I think with this, um, this is clear too. There is nobody trying to screw them on the way out. Texas, on the other hand, Texas, if they wanted to make the case, Sure, they could, but the reason why is different. Look at the Longhorn schedule. That at Alabama game makes things more challenging because in the first six games they play, three of them are on the road against at Alabama, at Baylor, and Red River. So a neutral site. So two roads, uh, two roads and a neutral against the three toughest teams in that stretch. That's a huge challenge for them. And then you look after the buy, and they have that nice middle buy as well. You look at the back half, Houston, BYU, K-State, TCU, Iowa State, 
and Texas Tech. There are a few sections in there that I would qualify as a murderer's row, right? I would say that uh, K-State defending champ and then on the road against runner-up TCU and on the road at Jack Trice is going to be a difficult step. And I think that there's a good chance Iowa State could be playing some of their better football at the end of the season. Or you might even take that stretch right there afterwards at TCU, Iowa State on the road as well, and then Texas Tech at home. Or you can just take this entire, you know, not even just Murder's Row, four games right here, K-State, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech. That's a very challenging stretch. Now, Texas has more talent than all of those teams. I agree. But K-State, we've seen their quality. Uh, and, and you know, I think they'll be looking to uh, get some revenge from last year, although it will be on the road. TCU has had Texas's number a lot recently as of late. Last year was no exception to that rule. Iowa State, we know how tough Jack Trice is to go and win. And also, Texas Tech got themselves a big win last year against Texas. They have some confidence that they can beat the Longhorns. So you look at that stretch, guys, of games they have on the road at Bama, at Baylor, at uh, OU neutral site, Houston on the road, TCU and Iowa State on the road. I mean, they're going to some of the tougher venues in the league, right? McLean Stadium is a tough place to go and win. I know K-State did it last year, but that Baylor team, if they're playing well, you know, I think earlier in the season we'll, we'll get a good, uh, a good assessment of them. But, I mean, that's going to be a, a big game for Baylor, and they obviously want to be paying some revenge back to Texas for the loss. We never know the Red River. You think that, you know, I know it's – you really can't blame the league that much because the Bama game obviously is not in their control, so that complicates things a bit. But it does make it hard, and I will say that back stretch for, for Texas – does generally speaking just look challenging. So if you want to say they got screwed there, sure, whatever. I mean, Houston BYU is like a weird stretch. I'm not really sure what you can say about that. Um, but they'll have a week to prepare for Houston. So like that, that there is, I, I will say, if, if Texas thinks they got screwed, sure, whatever. It's a challenging schedule, but like I don't think it's one that's made up, you know, that's just completely done to screw them out, right? Because these are teams I play. Like, where do you flip anybody out, right? Do you, I mean, where do you, you know, where do you put an easier game earlier on in the schedule uh, uh, for, for the Longhorns? And this is a year for them where they have got one, two, three, four, five, six home games, um, and then there's the Red River neutral game there as well. So Texas has a tougher of the two schedules, but overall, if you look at that and the no divisions, I think they can't really complain about getting screwed per se on this front. Um, uh, there is so much that's unknown is my, kind of my second point. And what I mean by that is like, it's really hard to define what some of these stretches are going to be like. So for example, and, and I guess I can kind of combine number two and number three, get down Bowie. He's already, he's already, already up on something. Um, it's hard to tell what a stretch for an Oklahoma state, you know, what this means, UCF, Houston, and BYU, right? What's that going to mean? And, and I think, I think there are some leagues where you can look ahead and you can say, all right, we know for a fact that stretch X or Y is going to be tough. So, for example, if you were to pull up any – I'll just go with my my hometown team or my uh, alma mater, uh, Missouri Tigers football in 2023. And I think about what some of the stretches that they're going to have. So let's look at the schedule here. You know, there is a stretch of games where they play LSU at Kentucky – South Carolina at Georgia. Oh, actually, here's a good here's a good stretch, for example. They've got at Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida in three straight games. I can promise you that's going to be a difficult stretch. You just know it's going to be a hard stretch. 
I'll give you uh, LSU at Kentucky, Georgia, uh, and South Carolina than at Georgia. We know that's going to be a difficult stretch just because we know that like three of those teams are probably going to be very good. In this league, it, it can be hard when you throw in stretches of UCF, Houston. Oh, my God, Bowie, get down. Come on. Uh, UCF, Houston, and BYU. I promise Bowie will not be as big a part of the show uh, moving forward. It's just a one-off today. Um, but how do you tell? How do you know if UCF, Houston, and BYU is tough? Right? Like, we don't know what those schools will look like after a uh, – you know, after – two months of playing Big 12 football after a week-to-week grind, you know, what does it look like for Houston? And I'll just give you guys an example here. Like, uh, you know, what's Houston going to look like after they play West Virginia on Thursday night, Texas, then at K-State, at Baylor? Like, what does the last three weeks of the season look like? Are they out of gas? Are they hitting their stride? Are they – and I think a good example of this is Kansas. Like, Kansas got more talented last year, and their roster resembled more of a P5 roster. But for KU, they didn't just hit the scholarship limit un- until, you know, recently. And they have not been able to do that. And so I've always mentioned like a big part of this is not just building depth, guys, but building power five caliber depth, building guys who, have, you know, building a, a depth chart where guys have speed and strength and durability and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, not every team can do it. It's difficult to do. But, you know, we think about teams that end up doing really well, the Kansas States, the TCUs, the world, like TCU had five legitimate wide receivers. TCU had a really strong offensive line last year. TCU had a stable of very good running backs last year. You know, it's about building up talent at that point. And I, I think, you know, uh, using a Texas or an Oklahoma is not a fair example because those guys get more more considerably more talent than the rest of the league does. But, like, I think you're seeing right now the K-States and TCUs, the world, start to build up that level of talent. The UCFs, the Cincy's, the Houston's, the BYU's, it's they've got guys, you know, let's just say a Tank Dell, for example, or a McCaskill at running back for Houston. They've got guys that are really good players already, you know, on uh, on their rosters. The problem is, you know, and I'm not saying there's two Tank Dells, but they don't have guys that can step up and replace. You know, good freshmen that can come in and get a job done for you. They don't have that. They really don't have that. And so I think that's a big part of the unknown is what these stretches look like when you're playing these teams that are just adjusting to the league. And I think there's going to be a learning curve for all of these teams coming into the league. So I would say from that scheduling perspective, it is going to be more difficult to find those tough stretches. We really just don't – that include mostly the new teams because there's so much that we don't know about those schools uh, right now. All right, point three is coming your all's way in a second, but first a word from our friends at FanDuel. Guys, the FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook, also the official sports betting partner of the National Football League. And you guys know what is coming up here in uh, a week and a half, I guess now, right? We have the Super Bowl coming up in a week and a half. There's no better place to get in on the action today than the FanDuel Sportsbook. And we have got a deal for you all right now. What you guys need to do is uh, go to the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, you guys can go to fanduel.com slash locked on, and you guys can bet. Uh, f- There's a bunch of ways to bet in the Super Bowl. I mean, you guys have not checked this out yet. They got money line, point spreads, player props. You can bet on how long the national anthem will be. You can, guys can bet on stuff that has to do with the halftime show. Uh, and best of all, you guys can get paid 
instantly. So join FanDuel today, FanDuel.com slash locked on. You guys can claim your first no sweat bet on Super Bowl 57, and you guys can get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Once again, at the FanDuel Sportsbook today, you guys can go there and check that out. I want to thank FanDuel for sponsoring the show. All right, so my final of the three, the three big takeaways that I've got right now from the schedule release is uh, the next one, the two, the two schools that really got gifts. Uh, the two schools that I feel like got significant gifts in terms of the scheduling. And those two schools are Cincinnati and uh, Oklahoma State. Now, that being said, we've got no clue if they can take advantage of these, of these uh, gifts they've got. That's why I said, can they capitalize? So if we zero in here on that Cincinnati schedule, all right? That first stretch, yeah, it's it's difficult. At Pitt is tough. Uh, Miami uh, of Ohio, Oklahoma comes to them, and then BYU on the road on a Friday night. Sure, uh, that could be it. Could be difficult. Iowa State after the bye. Iowa State, Baylor at home. Oklahoma State on the road. Then uh, UCF at home. I mean, the only really tough road stretch. They only have one time where it's back to back road games, guys. And you know, it's and it's the end of the year. It's it's Houston, West Virginia. So it's a team they know in Houston, and also it's going to be a regional rival in West Virginia. But, guys, who knows what West Virginia, what shape they're going to be in at that point of the year. All of these teams from Oklahoma State throughout the rest of the way were in rough shape at the end, or, you know, exception of UCF, right? But, like, uh, I'm not really sure if we can say they're in rough shape. Just, you know, they were a really good team last year. But, like, it's AAC good, so we're not sure we can say the same this year. Oklahoma State banged up. Houston was not a hundred percent last year. That team did not play hundred percent. West Virginia was, was in a bad way at the end of last year, especially with not really, you know, the quarterback situation got a little dicey there towards the end. And then KU at the end of the season, we saw them, obviously they made the bowl game and whatnot, but they really lost steam down the stretch. You know, they lost pretty handily uh, against uh, K state and they lost handily against Texas. Now I know Jalen Daniels had just come back, but still they lost pretty handily there. So, I have to say, like, you know, and also notice who you don't see up here in this stretch. Who are the three teams or the four teams, excuse me, that finished top four in the Big 12 last year? It was uh, TCU, number one team ends up being K-State, but in the end of the year, regular season rankings, uh, standings, TCU was one, K-State was two, uh, Texas was three, and then also um, Texas Tech was four. I don't see any of those schools. I don't see any of those schools on Cincinnati's schedule. So Cincinnati avoids the top four teams from the 2022 football standings. That is fantastic. Now, do they have the personnel on Scott Satterfield's team to do something with this? I've got absolutely no idea. I would lean towards no is what it sounds like right now, but but that's a, that's a big question. Um. And then, and then let's go all the way down now to Texas Tech. I'll go to their schedule, and or excuse me, Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma State. We'll go to their schedule right here. So that first four games: Central Arkansas at ASU, South Alabama at Iowa State. That is difficult, but like not unmanageable. You know, having to go two Power Five teams on the road in your first four, sure. But you should beat South Al. You should beat Central Arkansas. And let's be honest. The ASU program is still in a pretty significant rebuild. Now, do they upgrade big time with Kenny Dillingham? Yes. 
Uh, Iowa State on the road is is very difficult, but I feel like Oklahoma State could win there. I'm not sure how good that Iowa State team is going to be next year. But like that's that's really a tough one. And, and then you go the rest of the way, a bye week for your home for the two Kansas schools. You get K-State on a Friday night at West Virginia. I'm curious about how tough of a road game that's going to be. And then you get a, a two-game homestand here with Cincy and, and Oklahoma. Bedlam, obviously, a big game. These are two teams, you know, I, I, big rivalry games, so you want to beat them. Cincinnati, you should be able to beat them. And then you're, you got two road games. I mean, three of your last four or four of your last five are going to be the new teams in the league. And they're all coming, once again, four of your last five. We've got no idea if these schools have the depth to stand up. And I know the fan bases will say, yes, we do. But, guys, you don't know that until you go through it. Even some of the Big 12 schools. I mean, Oklahoma State was a top 10 team last year. And as soon as they lost some depth, it was it was a complete disaster for them. Spencer Sanders, they were losing guys in the back end left and right. And and you see what happens and, and you know, it can fall apart for you. We've got no idea. I know it goes back to the unknown part, but four of your last five being, uh, you know, in Orlando and Houston also in, in, in November, I mean, like you're going to be in good shape in terms of weather, you know, if you feel like you're going to be in good shape in terms of, uh, you know, like not not overly crazy. I know the bounce house gets going, but like I'm sure a good number of Oklahoma State fans are making that first trip there. And so it's not like this massive stadium. It's impossible to win in Houston. They'll be fired to play Oklahoma State, but I think it's an environment that there'll be plenty of pokes there as well. And then you're home for BYU and what BYU looks like at the end. I'm not sure. Guys, there are a lot of problems with this Oklahoma State roster. They have got a lot of holes on it. Can they fill them? Is the coaching a problem? Uh, I don't think the X's and O's are a problem. Maybe on offense they are right now. But the the, the Mike Gundy, every single time he's pressed and asked to adapt, it, it, a little bit of fighting first, and then eventually he does adapt. Will he this time around? I mean, I still think he's one of the best coaches in the league. But is Mike Gundy, the prideful guy, going to stop Mike Gundy, the football coach, from from doing his thing, doing a good job this year? I, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. They pull a lot of guys for some weird places, whether it be a defensive coordinator, whether it be tight ends, whether it be wide receivers. They've got some guys from some places I've never even heard of. But their schedule is a bit more favorable to me uh, than some other places that, they, that have it. All right. A quick word from our sponsors, and I want to tie up with some – or end up here – with some basketball things. Today's show is brought to you all by Built Bars. And the great news is, guys, you can now find Built Bars at Sam's Sam's Club and Walmart. Built Bars are great. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They taste very good. And they've got 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And once again, you don't have to wait for Built to ship anymore. You guys can head to Walmart or Sam's Club right now. You guys can get the four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut. Or you guys can go to Sam's Club and go big with a 13-bar box with hit flavors such as brownie batter and churro. You guys can thank me later. Once again, Built Bar available now. Uh, big result last night, guys, in the Big 12 in terms of basketball. I think actually two pretty significant results. Number one, Kansas uh, does a good job kind of pacing their way past K-State. I will say this. That game got dangerous at times, and K-State never let it get away from them. So I was actually pretty impressed with how K-State played last night. Definitely, to me, more of a legitimate Big 12 title contender than I was anticipating even after they started playing well. Uh, To me, that's the second – they're like – them in Texas. 
And then the, a reminder last night, really, as my daughter, once again, Bowie likes to get involved in the show. A reminder last night that when Dewan Harris wants to be aggressive, Kansas is an incredibly dangerous team. Kansas can bring the heat when Dewan Harris is looking for his shot. He's attacking. He's hitting floaters. He's making threes. I mean, you know, I think guys <laughs> – good Lord. Uh, I think guys were, were – you know, they were seeing him come their way, and they were thinking, all right, Dewan Harris, he's probably going to end up passing it off. No, man, he was aggressive last night, and I like that. And because that team lacks depth, they're going to need that kind of aggression. They need Dewan Harris to get after it. And so when they've got Harris going, Grady Dick and McCullough contributing and Jalen Wilson, basically in a way where it doesn't always all fall on Jalen Wilson all the time. He's a great player, and they need him to play well, obviously. But it's great if they can help him out somewhat, and Dewan Harris did last night. And I thought I was very impressed by that. And it's good to see guys like Pettiford getting some more run because they're going to need those guys not to not to play well, but just not to be disasters when it comes tournament time. And they need to give these guys some breaks just for a few minutes. They can perform better. So that was big. TCU over West Virginia with a limited Eddie Lampkin and no Mike Miles. Thought that was really impressive. West Virginia did a good job of keeping that in close. They're on a little bit of a roll right now. They are a tournament team, but they had a really good opportunity to go to TCU and to sweep the Horn Frogs uh, yesterday, or you know, on the season series, which would have been a huge notch in the belt for their NCAA tournament hopes. But but TCU's not replacement guys, but the whole gang got involved last night and helped secure that victory, which I thought was really impressive for Jamie Dixon's group. I've said this a bunch. I'll say it again. I don't see them as a Big Twelve championship team, as as a team that's going to win the Big Twelve regular season title. The big key for them, though, with all of this is they get healthy and they get all of their guys back in time for the NCAA tournament because we know what that version could be. But seeing Shada Wells, 16 points, five assists on seven of 10 shooting. Damian Ball with 16 points. And then a big night for Xavier Cork, who had 15 and four, two blocks. Uh, He was fantastic, guys. He was six for six from the floor. And also they had Coles come off the bench and give them 17 points. So the fact that they're getting contributions from Jacoby Coles and Xavier Cork, and those guys are doing things like, you know, scoring 17 points them off the bench, that's huge. I think that's really exciting for Jamie Dixon's team because now when you add back Lampkin and you add back uh, uh, Miles, you think about a team that's got Miles, Baugh, Wells, Miller, Cork, O'Bannon, Coles, Peavy, I mean, they've got all of these guys who are in there and contributing for them, and that's that's legitimate depth, and that's dangerous in the NCAA tournament, especially when that depth can score. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, at JoshNeighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at LOBig12 as well. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe on Twitter. Please do that. It's, it's very helpful. And also, you guys can um, uh, find the podcast wherever you guys get your podcast. So next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.